Hey, what's going on, everybody? Just uh, welcome back to the Manology Project Podcast, where I'm your host, Quentin. And here we talk about uh, like the true hood, the true meaning of manhood, as we discover our value and our identity and our purpose through our relationships and our personal success, all while using uh, biblical uh, principles. And uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, I got a real good treat for you guys on today. I got a, a new friend. I won't say an old friend, but I got a new friend, uh, Mr. Andre Ebram. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Uh, first of all, Q, thank you for having me on Manology. I appreciate the opportunity. And to all of the listeners, just continue to support uh, these great uh, lessons that are coming. Begin to apply them uh, to your life and see a difference. So uh, actually, man, I love it. Love your platform. Love the fact that we're calling everybody, everybody back to values. Oh, yes. You know, the integrity of their identity and that they're discovering their purpose. So my name is Andre Ebron. I am the owner of Ebron and Associates, a consulting firm where we consult, develop and support personal, professional and organizational transition. I also am the owner of the Drawing Board Nation. And that is a body of highly inspired and motivated individuals that are, guess what? They are fully committed to making a difference in underserved and underrepresented communities. Uh, but beyond that, I am also a Dean of Culture and Climate for Detroit Public Schools Community District. Uh, and then in my personal life, I am a father, I am a husband, I am a mother, I am a son. Uh, I am an active community member who is definitely concerned of lifting the voices of not just our underrepresented community, but calling all voices to unite in concert so that we can live in harmony and unity. See, didn't I tell y'all I had a treat? I'm talking about <laughs> a treat tonight, okay? Uh, this guy comes well-equipped to talk and discuss on the matters of hand uh, when it comes to strengthening the young men and providing them with focus, understanding, motivation uh, to get them to actually be able to not only just see themselves being successful, but uh, understanding that they can and will, under his watch, be successful. Uh, listen, I don't know where we started. Like the list is like forever, right? But let's start with the the drawing board. Uh, uh, let the listeners get an understanding. So this guy also runs a podcast called The Drawing Board, and so uh, just kind of let them know exactly in some more details on you know what are you guys trying to accomplish through that podcast? Absolutely. So. Uh, the drawing board, it is actually uh, the brainchild of one of the most painful experiences I ha I've had in my life. So let me give you some backstory and then just kind of detail why it's important uh, to lift the voices of the people that are on the podcast. So mm -hmm. 2011, uh, long story short, man, I was a service specialist uh, for the state of Michigan. And I was working in a foster care capacity where it was my responsibility to ensure that I was the voice for the children that either had been abused and or neglected. So I came across a case uh, where I had uh, two children, uh, three months old, uh, that had 23 fractures each, head to toe, uh, including spiral fractures. So uh, for those who are familiar, a spiral fracture occurs when some, there's been some twisting, uh, there's some type of intentionality, those don't right. just happen. And so I was ready to advocate, of course, for a permanent petition, which would allow the children to be placed. They were already in a family environment where they were being nurtured, taken care of, 
and still had contact with their maternal figure. Uh, at this point, um, I was called in and I went through uh, the whole thing of, listen, we need to move forward with the permanent. Uh, they recommended that we move forward with the temporary. I am my most, uh, uh, I won't say I was reserved in my expression, but I definitely <laughs> let it know that I, I was very passionate because those three month olds, they couldn't talk. Uh, they couldn't advocate for themselves. And so I passionately went, went forward with what I believe. It caused a rift uh, with my management and uh, my position there. I effectively resigned. And here's I, what I believe, man, is the, the, the temporary pain of rejection of a current place, it positions you perfectly for where God destines for you to go. Right. And I'm telling you, brother, so I ended up resigning. They didn't think that that was good enough. So they sent me a letter telling me that I was effectively barred from uh, participating or being in a job with the Civil Service Commission ever again in life. And so from that point, man, I had to, I ended up losing everything. Uh, I was 70% of our household income. I lost my house. Uh, I lost my cars. I lost all of my possessions. But what I didn't lose is I didn't lose my calling or my purpose. And so, man, I tapped into my faith, uh, jumped right into it, and I had to go back to the drawing board. And so I wrote a book called The Drawing Board. It's a powerful, thought-provoking testimonial that challenges the reader to examine their life and reimagine the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord led me, man, into starting a podcast uh, to allow people to come on, uh, consummate professionals in all walks of life, uh, to share their journey in five perspectives. Perspectives, family, relationships, mm -hmm. ministry, community, and career. And those are our five domains, which we come on every Tuesday to talk about. That is, uh, and that's, and I told you before, man, that was like one of the biggest reasons why it was most important to try to connect with you, to be able to, to sit down on, on the exact same platform to discuss uh, with those five type of uh, core values and then the value, identity, and purpose. When you add those eight things together, man, you get a, just a masterpiece. You get like a really good, solid, great man of God. Uh, when you add those now uh, before we even move on like so and i'm only bringing this up because on another platform i had a young brother asking me about uh faith and then when things hit us so hard like you know how do you actually know that god is actually doing something uh because you know the the tragedy and stuff it, it, it's a miss so it's like i don't know if you're here or not man i just went through all this turmoil how do you know you know, how do you really know that guy's there? So just let the people know exactly what did you do to sustain yourself to really be able to still uh, see God in a tangible way, even though you were in a crisis in your family? Well, actually, man, I am just convinced that God loves me. And <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm just convinced yeah. that he loves me. Yeah. And that this journey on my life uh, is a composite of my decisions, good, bad, and otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so uh, things that are happening in my life, I just believe the scripture. And, and I don't want to paint the picture like I had on a superhero's cape. And I was just like, and this man of faith, oh, man, listen, I had, I, I doubted sometimes, but I kept moving mm -hmm. uh, because I believe that God's word for me is an expression of his love and his promise. So right. he said that all things are going to work together for my good. Yeah. Uh, he told me that, you know, he, if whatever my hands touch, he would make it to prosper. He yeah. told me his plan for my life is good and not evil, and it'll bring me to an expected end, a future, and a hope. He told me he already scripted my plan. The steps of a good man are ordered oh, by God. Yep. And so 
what I have to do is I just will persist until I succeed. Like every day, uh, let me tell you, brother, I got up each morning that I was unemployed and I put on my suit. And then that time, you know, it was still advantageous to walk into agencies with your suit on suit and shake yeah, hands. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and so, man, you know, that's how I was trained and raised. Uh, listen, when something happens, you go on to the next. So I took, that's how Ebron and Associates got started. I took every skill that I thought I had, like mm. spaghetti, and I threw it against threw the it wall. <laughs> threw it all, threw it all against the wall. That's what's up. And, and whatever stuck, stuck, man. And here, up. this will be uh, probably, man, the first time that I had ever shared this. I didn't know, man, that uh, that the people who were working, quote unquote, against me, I didn't know that they had put out like this little black ball type deal on the internet. And oh. it was, I would go to interviews. Yeah, I would go to interviews. And uh, what was supposed to be a confidential document of the proceedings of whatever decision they made, they published it and put it online. So I would go to these interviews oh, and brother, listen, the interview would go well. Uh, they would say, man, listen, you know, you're actually more than what we were asking for. Um, but we want to do, you know, it's just going to be a formality. And then all of a sudden the next phone call would be so flat. And I had no idea, <laughs> like, how do we go from being so excited to now all of a sudden it was so flat. Right. And man, listen, I started, the, I was up one night praying. The Holy Spirit said, look online. And I right. found this document that was saying, man, it was all these false things. So I contacted a lawyer to see if we could get it removed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Through a process of time, you know, things happen. Um, but let me tell you, man, and this is where, this will be the first time I ever shared this. This is a manology exclusive. Yes, sir. Let me tell <laughs> Give you. Give it to us. <laughs> I, I took my education off of my resume because no place would hire me. Um, and I went and I applied at McDonald's. And because I didn't want my children, because I had been working so hard and I, I shift McDonald's. And I remember the supervisor for that shift, he tapped me on the shoulder and told me, he said, you're, you're such a fast learner. He said, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, man, you're going to be able to, you know, go to the fries and on the grill and, and no time. And, and this is not to disparage that, that position, right. but this is to, to show like, how does faith really work, work it out? Yes. It means that you un, unre, with unrelenting effort, continue right. to move forward, believing that God has a better purpose and plan. Yeah. And let me tell you, what did I do? I did, I'm a communicator. So I cultivated relationships there. Uh, I challenged the people who were working there to continue to grow and to develop. And so everywhere I was going, like Joseph, man, I was working my gift, working my gift, working my gift. And even when I made the decision to leave, uh, the manager and I had a great relationship. The people I worked with had a great relationship. And they hated to see me go. But in his most motivational speech, he told me, not knowing, you know, about my, my other endeavors, he placed his hand on my shoulder and told me, you're destined for greater things. Right. And <laughs> he said, he you know, can see it. <laughs> right. He can. <laughs> so I said, praise God. Right. And I kept it moving. <laughs> <laughs> see, and that's the part that's really um, awesome is because uh, most young guys, you know, or, or, you know, five or six years save or, or two or three years save, man. And they, they, they start hitting those bumps in the road. And so, you know, you go from being on fire to God. And then, you know, once you get settled into salvation, 
it's just like when you get married, you know, after you get been in there for about five or six years and get settled in, then the guard goes down and every, you know, it, it, it becomes kind of mundane. And then what happens is, is that little things can tweak and hurt and, and damage you. Uh, and people don't understand that even in your faith mm-hmm. it's constant work. There's constant push, push, push to ignite God. And it's not that you actually have to do something to move God, but God has literally written that faith and works go together. You can't yes, have sir. all works without any faith and you cannot be all in your faith without doing any work. And so I like that the lesson that was learned is that, and I took away two things, which is first of all, know your Bible. Okay. Knowing the scriptures help you actually get through a lot because you quote it, you quoted, they weren't the full, but they were that, that A or that B side of a lot of different scriptures that are very motivational uh, to our spirits. And that will be the first takeaway is that reading and learning those scriptures by heart is what it will help you when we get down in those type of situations. Uh, and to be able to regurgitate the word of God the way that Jesus did when he was being tempted by the devil is that that's all he had out there, man, to do was exhausted. He was exhausted and all he had was just the word and the word did what it will do, what it did then and what it will do now. So I do applaud you for uh, being able to stand on God's word. And the second one is men have to really understand that humility is our greatest strength. Humility is our greatest strength. Those are my two takeaways. And I want, hey, you guys, I want y'all to write that down learn and get those powerful motivational scriptures in your spirit and then understand uh, the number two is that if you're a man that you are as strong as you are humble that's that's good that's that's my takeaway is that that's how i live my life uh and it's good to hear someone else that understands that listen i'll go work anywhere to take care of my wife and my kids like i don't care what it and i could care less about who see me or whatever because the job is my my what I have going on is to them, you right? Know, what you had going on was to your family, and it, and listen, I'm gonna tell you what it strengthens the bond between a husband and a wife when a wife knows that her man will get out of his comfort zone and grind it out in something that she knows that he would on a normal basis that would despise to do. But when you're humble and you do it anyway, it increases the love. So, you, I mean, you hit like three or four different things that elevated your entire life just by walking in just those two pieces that I picked out. So, uh, yeah. And do, Q, could I add? Yeah, I, please what do. I also did, man, and I, I want to make sure I, I lift this up, is that during that time when I was going through, mm-hmm. I never stopped participating with my faith community. So, yeah, I got, you know, because sometimes when you're going through and uh, I I went from helping to write the petition that was being used as a model for when they were presenting petitions Mm -hmm. and all of these different great things, these high accolades to now I'm flipping burgers, you know, but I never stopped going around my my community of faith Uh, and they knew I was going through. But what they did was they encouraged me, That's they good. uplifted me, they motivated me, they prayed for me. That's good. And even the, the, the older men, particularly one of the trustees, he told me, he said, son, it's going to get better and better. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give Don't up. Give up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what I like. I like to hear encouraging stories because 
Um, I mean, this platform is literally all about um, increasing the knowledge, increasing uh, just our, the way that we think around the way that we should behave and act and, and carry ourselves as true men. Like, you know, this world has changed up what a man is supposed to be, look like, act, talk, walk, drive. I mean, everything is just up in the air. And, and if we as man, men of faith do not stand up and start preaching the truth again, like I think that God is going to hold us accountable. And you don't have to be a great bishop to take right. on a platform to hold truth to what God has created us to be as men. Um, and so uh, you talked about your, the podcast. I loved it. Uh, you talk, I, now when I was just doing just a little research on that, you, I want you to touch a little bit on that foster care. Uh, what, what part of that did you, uh, you know, what, what was your hands in on that foster care part? Okay, so uh, as a foster care specialist, my primary responsibility mm-hmm. is to ensure that the children that I'm serving uh, and the reason that I have, that they are uh, in my care particularly, uh, okay. there are cases where, I, where I'm visiting them on a monthly basis, communicating with them, checking in with their schools, is because they have been subjected to either one or two things, abuse or neglect. And okay. so my responsibility, responsibility in most cases is to develop a plan for working with the parent, working with uh, the psychologist, working with the judge, working with the school officials, working with um, okay. the child's attorney, and collecting a, uh, a wraparound service uh, that will allow all of their needs to be met. Um, from that point, man, I was trained as an intake specialist. So from the time the calls, calls come in, mm-hmm. uh, learn, learning how to process the case, um, then when I became the specialist, I actually handled the cases and did all that networking. And then I also became trained in what's called back then, it was called team decision-making meetings, okay. which is basically facilit- facilitating moderate, but then okay. it moved to permanency planning conferences. So okay. man, my responsibility was to get like, and I developed relationships with my kids, you know? <laughs> so it wasn't like, it wasn't like one of those things where, oh, here comes my worker, you know? Oh, okay. uh, yeah. No, yeah, no, it was, oh, here comes Mr. Ebron, you know? And yeah. Yeah. man, I, I talked to them, they knew they could call me, they knew if something was going wrong, uh, how they could reach out to me. Uh, they called me with their celebration stories. We worked through their difficulties as they were processing the pain that mm-hmm. they were going through. And, and ultimately, uh, I am an advocate at heart, which means my kids know, uh, come hell or high water, like right. I, I, got, I have your back. Like I'm advocating right. for you. So no matter what's happening around, no matter how the system is set up, uh, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. So if we need more time to plan, I'm going to go before the judge and say, based upon this child's uh, admission to me, no, we're, I, I'm recommending we don't close the case at this point, but we want to give their parents at least six more months to plan. Okay. And the judge would say, well, Ibrahim, uh, it's on you. You know, right. <laughs> uh, we, right. we may do this, right. uh, but ultimately helping our children find permanency, uh, a forever home that would nourish and cultivate their potential. Oh, okay. That's, that's really good. Um, that was just a different aspect from, um, from the upfront work that you were doing. Uh, that takes a whole different type of heart, a different type of, uh, understanding and I like how you filled it in saying that that trust connection you know was there 
uh, that they didn't look at you as the typical, you know, cause that is, it's like, Oh, social worker, you know, it's like, Oh, my worker coming, but to be able right. for them to be able to look and have hope when you walk in. And that's what that kind of means is that you provided some level of hope to raise their spirits when they did see you. Uh, even if you had to deliver good or bad news, they still were able to believe you. Uh, and we talked about that before, which is, you know, it's that character and that integrity piece, man, people, you can provide people with hope, when you have great character and integrity, uh, they could, because people want to believe us, right? That's, that's the whole key thing is that anybody you meet, you want to be able to believe them. If they tell you something, you want to be like, I believe you, but it takes time for you to be able to believe them because I got to see your actions. I got to see exactly on a day-to-day basis. How do you carry yourself? What do you do? So those kids were able to see, not only does Mr. Ibrahim, you know, talk it, uh, but he is in those courts and he is fighting for uh, extra time and stuff. So I, I do once again, applaud you on um, being able to be an advocate for uh, those once again, who can't defend themselves. Uh, so let's move over to an important part for me, which is the husband and yeah. father Ebron. That's like, that's, that's my meat and potatoes is that let's talk about you know, because you got a lot of stuff on your plate. So you do, uh, you, you know, you, you got your hands and your feet all over the place and you are such an advocate for helping so many other people. Uh, so my big question is that how does a man that has his hands pushing for so many other people turn around and apply that same level of intensity back to his home? without calling causing a rift you know because sometimes when you out too much <laughs> you know mom yeah. will be looking like okay brother now i know you're helping folks you know babe but they they was gonna tailor mine but you know once enough is enough it's like you know have your butt home brother you you've given everybody yeah. else and ain't giving us nothing so tell the people how do you how have you uh created balance in your life between the rigorous uh purpose of your life from God and then being able to balance that with your uh, relationship with your wife and uh, with your uh, children. Yeah. So uh, let's just say we've had that conversation before too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you, you learn that it's trial and error. Uh, You figure out what works for your house. And uh, what, what I realized, man, is that uh, my family is called to this work. Right. Um, and it's not just like dad has been like, oh, no, you're going to do. No, it is. Uh, my son and my daughter have compassionate hearts toward helping others. That's really um, good. My, yeah. My wife it has a compassion. She serves as a missionary and an educator as well. So okay. we are a family kind uh, by God to empower and assist others. And that takes different shapes and forms. And it also takes understanding because uh, my wife could be up late at night working on something right. and I could be working on something else. And, and listen, and we might be sitting in the bed uh, next to each other with computers on the laps you know, oh, no. going, uh, <laughs> you know, or we have the whole family gathered around the table and we're, we're putting ideas in juxtaposition to one another to challenge each other to grow. Uh, or we'll shut the computers down and just laugh and have fun. We're, we're a very silly, fun, uh, energetic family. I know when I'm on the front lines, I may seem, you know, very right. <laughs> directed, all of those things. But uh, I am, man, I love to joke. I love to have fun. I play too much sometimes. Um, <laughs> and don't we all? <laughs> yeah. And so, oh. they, uh, and, and when I have gone too far in one direction, 
uh, honestly, man, I, I just love having a very strong wife and uh, the way that I have chosen to parent where my kids can call me out about that. Um, you know, and so I, I have raised my children, my, uh, raised them to be thinkers. Yeah. And it is not what you say, but it is the way that you present your concern. Right. Yep. So uh, they have a voice in our house. Uh, they have the ability to speak up. And uh, because if I don't validate and affirm the power that's in their voice while they're being raised, that's something maybe that they'll question their entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but when I've gone too far in one direction, uh, definitely trust. My wife is saying, uh, excuse me, brother, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to make sure – and and uh and the holy spirit man he'll he'll let me know uh because he keeps me with i like to call uh the flow so okay. when you get a flow in your household yep. you know you you know kind of how the flow is yep. and if you're sensitive to your house you can walk in and sense before you speak to anybody right. oh wait a minute something's i've done, something's I've done too i've done yeah. too much <laughs> right 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 yeah. and uh i'll share with you man uh, a gentleman that I love dearly. Uh, he worked all of the time, brother. And he had three and four jobs. And one day I watched him uh, sit in the midst of his family. And they had a program and a system uh, that functioned, that ran the house that did not include him. Uh, and I said, that would be. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I, no, listen. no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you on that. And, um, and, and I, and I'm with you on that, man, because me and my wife, we, that's pretty much how our, we were trying to create our home to be exact same way. Um, is first of all, I got to tell you that it's really good. Me and my wife, we did a, a podcast, um, uh, episode on, do you feel like you have, uh, do you have freedom in your home? Uh, in your relationship. Uh, and it was really based around like what you're saying, which is when you are moving to the left or to the right or telling the Holy Spirit, hold on for one more day, I got to try to get this out, that yeah. your wife has freedom, that that freedom has been given to her and the kids to be able to literally, which is once again, a humble move. This is a, guys, 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 this is a humbling move that will set your marriage and your family on fire like your family will literally go to another level if you understand your humility and allowing the people that you are governed over and that you are held accountable for to hold you accountable to be great and a lot of men don't want to let their wife and their kids hold them accountable for being great don't just tell me you're great allow your wife and your kids to hold you accountable. So I like that you have opened up those, those uh, uh, arenas of communication uh, to be held accountable, not just saying that the Holy spirit would do it. You know, some people are so spiritual. It's just like, you know, I wait for the Lord to tell me to sit down. Well, the Lord might say, dude, I gave you a wife and kids. <laughs> that was an indication. <laughs> Listen, that, your, your wife, that face that you saw when you walked in the door, that was the indication that your butt then did too much. <laughs> it's like sitting down somewhere. And you, so, you can tell. <laughs> Listen, and, and you can, dude, you can, you can tell right away, but, the, the biggest thing that I like you said, uh, and I would love for men to really understand this, and we might have to do a whole nother episode on this one because the flow of the house, 
Um, I mentor some guys. Uh, and so that's what I'm trying to teach them is how to create an, you have to create an atmosphere that operates at a high God standard. Like you have to create that. That's not just given, like, that's not just, Hey, I'm a great man. She's a great wife and everything's good. No, no, no. You have to create that. And that comes with you being over somebody. And then at the same time as a husband, you got to be at, you got to be able to be at the bottom, which means that yes, people are going to eat before you. <laughs> yes. People are going to get the new car, the new items before you. Are you humble enough to understand that? Yes. Everybody does come become, they, they come before you, even though you may make all the money for everyone. Like that's a hard task for men to know. Uh, and it's funny, I worked at Ford for about seven years and I was young, man. So when I get in here, uh, you know, me and my wife, we share a bank account and I don't even, even to this day, I I don't even know how much money we even have in the account. Now I'm sure that I'm going to get slammed by many men. <laughs> oh, because, it's okay. You, you, hey, you're in the safe place. You, <laughs> I got your back. I got your back. <laughs> Cause it, and my wife just laughed. She's like, dude, you know, you should be checking this account. And I was like, you know, what we've created in this home doesn't put pressure on me to know what's in the account. Like it doesn't put pressure on me to have to go behind you every time a check is deposited in our account to see what is and what's not. Uh, we've created something different and that goes with that flow, like being able to create that atmosphere. As I said, we had to get a whole nother episode because then we want to dive in on how, you know, from day one, because how long have you been married? I just saw, matter of fact, happy anniversary. I did see that you guys just had an anniversary. And what year was that? Uh, year, this is 16 for us. 16. So yeah, we've been together 18 and been married for 16. See, so, that's fantastic. Yeah, listen, I'll say this, just like Paul said, but by grace. By, listen. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> Yes, sir. So everybody, everybody listening, it is, man, listen, it is the grace of God that gives us the ability uh, to manifest that mystery of becoming one, right? Yes. And so, yeah. And so that is the reason that I'm able to honestly, like humbly submit uh, to, you know, my children and to my, to my wife is because I understand uh, biblically, bro, how they work together. Right. So yep. my responsibility is to submit to the God that's inside of each one of them. Right. Yep. And when the wisdom of God is spoken from no matter who the vessel is, right. like, I must receive the wisdom. Yes. And here's the real deal. I'll tell bros like this. If you, if you can look at your wife, you deserve her. You picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one, though. You, know? you picked the wrong one. <laughs> you picked the wrong one. Because if scripture says right. that I am to obtain favor yes, sir. because of her presence in my life, yes, sir. then it's no way I can look at her and say I am deserving of her. Hey, yes, sir. People got to listen. We're going back a step. Know the word of God. Like, sir, y'all sitting at home fussing and fighting and arguing and all that stuff. Big man, zip it and look at her and understand that the favor for which you're seeking comes through that woman that you have right there in front of you. And you have to create a different atmosphere. Man, she talks this, she does that. I don't care. She's the weaker vessel. She was never, 
your wife was never held to a standard for her not to. And listen, bro, I asked God this question. Uh, it was one time, you know, we were having a, a, a passionate discussion, right? There you Let's go. call it yeah. that. Yeah. We were yeah. having an argument, right? <laughs> and so I go, I, I said, well, I'm going to go get uh, a Pepsi from the gas station or store. So I go take a ride. And, I'm, you know, so I'm praying. And the Lord said, bro, for anything you have to say until you reconcile and make it right with your wife. Exactly. And then he hit me with the scripture that says, dwell with her according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. I said, Lord, now listen, hold on, hold on, Lord. We're gonna, when, I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to ask you this question. I don't see any scripture to say that if she's upset with me, Thank that you. her prayer is going to be hindered. Thank but if you. I am not at unity with her, Thank my you. prayer is going to be hindered. And, and that's what headship is about. That and listen, and now I'm going to invite you over on something else, another platform, because see, guys, I, that is what my mentoring program is all about. Like, I'm trying to get these guys to understand is that you're trying to get a woman to do something that God has never even called her to do anyway. Like, you want her to be anything. It, whatever she is going to be is going to be cultivated out of the love that God required you to give her. This is, yes. e listen. If you get this early, marriage is literally easy work. It's not, I'm not saying it's not work, but it becomes easy work because you understand your position and your position is linked to God. And then it flows down to the family. Your wife is connected to you. I hate when I hear people telling their wives to go seek God about, no, that's not scriptural. Scriptural is that your wife is linked to your husband. And I'm not saying that your wife can't have a relationship with Christ. I don't want anybody to think that I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that God's order, God has an order on which things flow and things flow just like mothers with their children. Why do you see all in the Bible where the learning and teaching and that stuff is done by the mother? Your yeah. mother, instruction. When you read Proverbs, it, all that instructions is coming from mom, mom. Instruct, instruct, instruct. Fathers have what? Don't provoke. Like, it's like, yo, bro, <laughs> don't you provoke them to do, because God already understands that, yo, I gave you that lion. You are a lion. Like, you can be rowdy. You can be really emasculated uh, in situations where that testosterone gets heavy. But what I'm telling you that when you look back at your little fella, don't, and your little lady, don't go out here, don't go out here pushing that envelope with them because God understands that, listen, your son has testosterone too. Like you're literally going to force him to be rebellious to you by being, by pushing the buttons. And that's not what God meant for us to do. That's why I said it's, it's unbelievable that men do not open up that freedom platform for their children to speak freely, honestly, but just like how you said, it's not what you say to me. It's actually how you present it. And if it's right. too harsh, just write it. I told my son, listen, if you feel like it's going to be too much for you to even say at your mouth, write it in a letter and let me read it. Yeah. I said, because the thing is, I don't want you to understand is that I don't want you to not tell me. Like, I don't want our communication to be broken to where you feel like whatever I tell you is going to put you in a headlock. I want you to be able to tell me. So that's, and I'm saying this because I want to lead right into, because uh, you, you have a setup like me. So I have a, I have a daughter and I have a son. So, uh, 
what does that look like? I saw some photos of you and your son, y'all all, you know, G'd up, y'all got your stuff on and photos <laughs> and stuff. So I see that the swag, the father-son swag was there. So I, uh, just thank get, you, a, thank get, 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 a, get a fellas uh, and, and uh, just a little taste on, you know, what are you trying to build there with the young fella? Yeah, man, I'm actually just uh, bringing him to a point of self-awareness. So as a father, my responsibility is to expose him to as many possibilities uh, there. I'll be honest, I am, um, I don't believe be a first generation anything. I believe things happen over generations and you may be the first to take the step or that's the culminating point. Uh, but for me, man, and you're talking about three, three generations, I'm the first man that stayed. So what I'm setting up for him is uh, to establish that he can see himself in me. And so, okay, yeah. yeah. And so literally uh, incorporating him, I told him he is my creative arts director for uh, Ebron and Associates. So I give him work. The first thing that man was assigned in the garden was work, right? Work. Yes, sir. So what I did was I want to say, if you're going to work, you're going to work for me. And so I assign him to work and I teach him about work and reward. I teach him about, uh, you know, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Uh, I teach him about uh, showing him like the, the presets and the principles of what I would qualify as manhood. Like these are the tools that you're going to need, son. I position myself vulnerably in front of him so he can ask questions. And, you know, I share with him like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how it's happening. And then I take them along the journey of my own personal development. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the way so, to do it too. Man, here, here's the thing is that if I can't be honest with the people in my household, uh, what I'm building with my son, man, is just uh, really, man, the, I, I told him I'm going to be great, 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 great granddaddy Ebron sitting there on the chair that says, oh, yeah, things change for the Ebron men uh, because great, great, great great granddaddy Ebron took a stance for righteousness. Uh, and that just means doing things the right way as God has ordained them uh, to the best of my ability, uh, serving my family. Uh, let the greatest, let the greatest among you serve. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like, so, and then how does, how old is your son? He's 12 turning 13. Nah, nice. Now what about 13 your daughter? in uh, July? What about your daughter? So she's 14, uh, and man, my relationship with her is, so I, I'm real big on teaching my kids how to think for themselves, like think for yourself. Like what is your, what is your thought? Like give me, what is your thought about this? And then I guide their thoughts from that point. So my daughter plays violin, she's a thinker, she's very this. And so I had to learn very early that when I tell you, man, she turned me into a cupcake, brother. Turned me into a cupcake. <laughs> I, I was, I had this, uh, you know, this kind of rough exterior. I, I had the, uh, just like many of us had the urban experience. And so I like to describe myself, man, as on one half, I had the, uh, you know, Detroit fitted on with the, with the big polo uh, jacket and, you know, at, back then it was the Jabot jeans and the Timberlands, right? Right. <laughs> and on the other side, I was polished, you know, right. uh, with the suit, tie, this, that. Man, listen, she really made me cultivate uh, the love of God in a brand new way. Yeah. Uh, she I made mean. me, and I'll be honest, man, she my heart uh, up in a way that I didn't even know. 
Like yeah. I was to, and I yielded to that. And uh, relationship, we come and talk, and and she'll just she's growing into a young lady. And brother, when we talked about like the phases of fatherhood, I so know. that's what oh, I said. Man. brother. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah, is the phases because uh, my daughter's ten. So okay, I, I'm right behind you with the girl, but then my son is 16. Right, so, right. So I'm ahead with the boy, and uh, they're truly our phases. Um, now, one question I do, it's something that makes me laugh, and I want to ask you is that, you know, like when you're coming up and you're dating and you're looking and you're trying to figure out girls and, you know, how, how do girls become this way and all of this stuff? When you have a daughter, oh, you man. find out that they, they, all of that came way early. Like women are, girls are women at a young age you know, everything has got to catch up, the mindset, right. but the way that they process stuff, it starts way early. My daughter's like 10 and it's like, you know, oh dad, you know, you need to do this. Oh dad, you need to do this. Yes. Like right away. And, and, and if you're a great father and you're present and stuff, this is why our young ladies are misguided and, and, and looking for love at the drop of a hat with anyone because they never had had that proper introduction to what real true love looks like by having a father that that's been there and then been there through the entire cycles of their life every cycle of their life to have right. a man sitting there grooming you loving you holding you teaching you you know honoring you and then like at 14 i'm sure now it, it changes a whole like i look at my daughter and say i'm not even ready for 14 like <laughs> at, at <laughs> Listen, listen, I, I will never forget, man, like when she started going through the process of becoming, you know, a woman, a young woman, young lady. And I was just, I'm tell you, man, I cried, brother. I did. I cried and I, I just was like, my baby is not my, she's still my baby, but, you know, it's, and. It's changing. It's changing. Uh, and uh, like you were saying, man, their levels of maturity and the and the way that they think and right. the way that they process and the way that they observe and critique and correct, just organic. Like you know, yeah, it, yeah. that's the best word to say. It's organic. It's like how like sometimes I look at my daughter and I'm like, sometimes I'll forget that she's ten. Like so, sometimes she'll do something and I'll be like, why would you do that? And she'll be crying like, oh no way! And then I gotta remind my like, my wife would be like, uh, bro, you know she's like ten. But I was like, but on but on every other level, like she carries herself. You know, she's doing her nails. She does her. And my daughter's like a super pretty. My wife is super pretty. So my daughter is like two times my wife uh, at yeah. the age of ten. So there's like you know pet petty meddies every weekend. Uh, she can't move without her hair being done. Uh, listen, like right now, like I gotta shave, right? So since Wednesday, she's on me. So you're right. just not going to shave? Yeah. I, I, you can't give me a kiss because your beard scrapes my face. You know, this right. stuff, and, right. so you, and you're looking oh. at your wife, listen, they, this, been, this was in them, dude, before they got to be grown women. They, they've been little women. <laughs> they've been a little yeah, woman. For their whole lives. All their life, dude. I was yeah. like, and as men, if you're not really watching those cycles and phases in your daughter's life, you're literally, you can miss 
the op, one of those opportunities that she's going to need that's going to help build the right type of confidence that she's going to need to be able to maneuver herself. Uh, my daughter's 10, and I, um, God had gave me two things to do. So I started taking my son out one on one when he was at when he was nine. I, I too come from like three or four generations of a divorce uh, from my dad's side. And, um, and so my biggest thing with God was like, okay, bro, check this out. Salvation's great. Everything's great. But now how in the world do mm-hmm. I build a relationship with my son that's above bar? Like I want to be above just saying that me and my son got a, a cool uh, relationship. So, you know, I'm praying and all this stuff, and I'm thinking God is going to give me some big, huge vision and wisdom. This dude right. said, spend time with him. <laughs> I said, yes. I, so I came downstairs, I told my wife, I was like, man, I've been waiting for God to tell me. And she was like, well, what did he say? And I was like, spend time with him. She was like, well, that's easy. I was like, yeah, I know, right? I'm looking for something super deep. You know, every night read your Bible with your son and or, you know, take communion, you know. And God just said, hey, spend time with them. And listen, if you spend time with them, the relationship, once again, back to that word you use, organic, the relationship yeah. will build organically, and then it's not forced. And that was all he gave me. And so me and my son, all the way up until this pandemic, have been going to Buffalo Wild Wings on Friday nights or Saturday nights um, since he was nine years old every weekend consistency consistency dude so now um because i wanted him to be able to come to me and talk to me about the hard stuff and all that stuff and it really it took a minute man but it organically this dude now he talks to me he talks to his mom i mean he just he 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 does not he's not worried about bringing information to the table um and that's a big thing and then god told me to do the same thing for my daughter he was like uh if you want her to understand men and how she need to be treated and self-esteem and all that stuff spend time with her. like there's no real big sciences that people parents we get so busy that's why i want to ask you that like how do you position yourself to balance those two because listen you're gonna be the richest man we know a lot of rich folks man but their kids are just screwed up and you would think Y'all had everything. How can you miss? And the thing is, this is that, like you said, you'll sit over here. And then when they tell you, I had a conversation with a buddy and he told me the same thing you said about your friend, which is dude, he's at, he, he worked and traveled probably like 65, 70% of the year. Right. So when, when the pandemic hit, um, they started shutting our, like in February, they were shutting us all down, no flights. So the dude moved back, you know, he not moved back home, but he moved to home office. And so he'd been at home. So when I talked to him, he was like, uh, dude, I've been at the house, bro. And it's almost like nobody even needs me. Like I'm actually in the way. Right. And this dude, is literally, yeah, he, he, he almost about to cry. He looked at me and was like, uh, dude, so what do I do? Q? Like, how do I, how do I insert myself back in? He said, my wife is up. They running. They, he said, do they eat breakfast, go eat dinner, and then they're back in the bed without me. Like, they can do, she can run all that stuff without even talking to me in a day. And he said, I'm like, uh, you know, because he was worried because he's like, it's my marriage. You know, do you think we can get a divorce? And, he said, and I said, do you want a divorce? No, I don't. I said, okay, well, go sit your wife down and create the new normal. 
I was like, your wife is just waiting on you to create the new normal. Or if you she don't, just, she's just waiting. Listen, if you don't, God created her enough to be able to keep moving. That's right. See, that's the part of that where we don't, this is what makes us, you know, puts us in these pickles is that women are strong. They're independent. They just, no, they're not. It's not that. It's that if you're not there and ready to do some cultivating and, and, and some creating, women will do it themselves because God did give them quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they, they have a purpose outside of you and they, <laughs> they have, and being married to you is a bonus or a plus that should advance the work or the mission uh, for which they also have to been assigned in a greater magnitude. Uh, It presents the power of agreement. And literally uh, what we were talking about fatherhood or how we do, how, you know, the phases of fatherhood or being married, like I humble myself to ask and to the listeners what I, and you have to be able to hear this when it comes to my wife, I ask questions. Yes, Everything sir. from the listen from the bedroom to the bank account. You better. I, w- I want to think that I don't want to make the assumption that I, I'm, you know, meeting the goal. You know, I, we we <laughs> need to have this kind. Of, you know, right. I mean, I'm just being honest, Q. You, you know, we need up. to have this conversation yeah. because there is no need we have committed to forever. So right. there is no need to walk around as if everything is okay if it is not. Right. We need to have this open communication in. And about everything. Yes. And uh, when you were talking about that, uh, the bank account it, uh, situation, that made me laugh because while I was dating my wife, uh, I was a junior in college. And so there wasn't much money in the account. It was what I had, right? Right. So she went to school in a different place than I went. And I put her name on my accounts and got her a, a, you know, a debit card. Because there was no cash app or Venmo or it wasn't <laughs> right. And so if she needed something and if I was there, I would have taken care of it. And so I was telling my telling my daughter and my son about this. And my son said, Oh no, Dad. No, you put a count that early? He was like, No, no. Nah. He said, Now I see and you're not even married. You're and not even married. And, and listen, and I, I cautioned him, I said, now. I knew that she was going to be my wife. Right. And I needed to be able to trust her with my life. And so if I'm going to make plans that will accommodate and take her interest and account for every decision I make for the rest of my life, I need to be able to trust her with the money in the bank. And so, and so it worked out well, as you can see. Yes. And, uh, I have so many little jokes and uh, tangential stories about that, but <laughs> it, it, it was definitely a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think that, you know, these younger guys, man, these new guys, they don't understand uh, that old school style of, uh, of, of setting up a plan, you know what I'm saying? And, and allowing that trust factor to build up a lot earlier. Cause I told my son the same thing. My, my, my wife was in Ohio and I was in Michigan. And so, uh, you know, our phone bill will be high from talking every night and oh. stuff. So she was, I would have to get money and pay for herself. You know, my son was like, you know, why would you do all that for a girlfriend? I was like, yeah, but I knew. And now mind you, we got married at 23. So. Yeah. Uh, at 21. Yeah. So yeah. when you're 21 and 23, you know, it, you, you shouldn't even be doing all of that. Uh, but when I talked to my dad, 
you know, my dad was just like, you know, he's like, when you know, when you know it, when you know, he said, you might as well lock that in. Like literally my yeah. dad was like, I mean, we probably was about a good eight months date. And my dad was like, like you, dude, I, he, once he started meeting her and he was like, he said, sometimes son, you got to lock them in quick. And I'm like, well, we, you know, Dan, we'll see how things go. You know, my dad was like, sometimes you got to lock them down. Like, <laughs> yeah. and my, her, the funny part is that my dad said that my mom said it. And then even her mom, like on our second date, the second date we had, her mom walked up to me and said, you're my daughter's husband. And I'm like, eh, this is our second date, ma'am. You know, I'm still calling her ma'am. You know, I'm like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I just actually, I was like, well, why would you say that? And she was like, I know exactly who my daughter is. And she was like, and my daughter is somebody different with you. <laughs> she was yeah. Like, yeah. She was like, my daughter is somebody different with you. What you, what you, and I was like, but we've only been dating this is our second date. She was like, yeah, but it's something about you that has done something to her different. And she was like, you're the one, like you're the one that's, you're the last stop. And I was looking at her like, I don't know. I was, you know, I was out there. So I'm like, I don't know. I might be here. I might not be here. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but you know, but God did have plans uh, for us to be. And, um, and, and like you said, we, I did, I did a lot of that same little, you know, bank accounts and all that kind of stuff so uh but i i know what i'm gonna do though what i'm gonna do is i get you and your wife on our relationship decoded podcast okay and then we can really laugh it up both be getting married so young because uh you know we're like the last of the mohicans getting married that young <laughs> yeah i think i think the uh, people are now getting married more like 35 40 yeah and listen, 40 yeah and, they, and they're getting divorced after two or three years of being married it's like so nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants to get an understanding. And so, you know, I think that, you know, being married 16 years qualifies you and your uh, lovely wife to be able to give and, and provide some excellent input on how to navigate around um, marriage. You know, I, I don't listen to a lot of people, but uh, I'm always about family uh, and the yes. dynamic of the family. And um, that's what I look for before I can listen to a marriage anything is that what is the dynamic of that family um and that's what tells me exactly those kids if you have a great relationship with your kids then you're a pretty good dad like you're an awesome dad and then if you got a good relationship with your wife then that makes it even better as a great husband because you could be a great dad and a horrible husband so i mean both right. of these components got to work hand in hand so um but listen man we're not gonna hold up no longer uh this was like way a thousand times better than i even expected it to be uh i did have expectations because we had spoke you know before but it was even better <laughs> than yeah, i even man, uh, i enjoyed it brother i really really enjoyed it and i laugh in the inside because i was like i would i i'm looking at you i'm like nah i i don't really even know this guy like that i was like but you would think we've been knowing each other for like years <laughs> right it, so, it sounds like a lot of our stories are like our pathways were similar. Yeah. Like the principles that we stand on, you know, it automatically makes us not strangers, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we're brothers uh, yeah. uh, in that way by the spirit. So yeah. it's just organic, man. But again, yeah. I, I love using that word because when I think when it's real, you don't have to force it. Yes, and uh, when it's necessity, 
uh, when it's a necessity or a conversation that, that is needed to be had at that time, yeah. uh, it is one of those things that uh, truth will just emanate. It will stand up yep. and, and it will minister uh, to those and serve those uh, who are listening. Yep. Yep. So why don't you do this before we close out, man? Uh, just let everybody know exactly how they can get in contact with you. Uh, since you, I know you also, I didn't even mention it before, but then you also do um, some empowerment sessions and motivational sessions and stuff. So just let the, uh, let my listeners at least know how they can follow you and get in contact with you with, uh, with the things that you have going on. Absolutely. So going into the month of June, some people that are listening may feel the need to relaunch 2020. And so uh, starting Monday, this coming Monday, June 1st, from 7 to in the morning to 7.30 in the morning, I will be on, and it's right on my Facebook page. It's on my Instagram page. I keep it really simple. Andre Ebron, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can email me at info at thedrawingboardnation.com. Again, that's info at thedrawingboardnation.com. I just launched a new website, thedrawingboardnation.com. Check it out. Give me your mm -hmm. feedback, good or bad. Let me know what you think. Yes, uh, subscribe uh, and or become a member mm -hmm. either way. And then uh, literally, man, this, this you know, uh, that's what's coming up where we're relaunching uh, 2020. We're also doing uh, starting first, got a lot going on in June. Mm -hmm. uh, in the evening from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, we're doing what's called what we call the M3 session. Okay. Uh, it's three sessions, June 1st, June 8th, June 15th. Uh, the first session is going to be about motivation. Uh, the second session is going to be about mindset. And the third session is going to be about mentorship. Okay. So myself and another brother are collaborating to bring that just for one hour, 60 okay. minutes out of your day. Uh, it can charge you up. So get you ready for your next level, get you ready for that next dimension, get you ready for that next realm, whether it's prayer, personal, or professional. Uh, hey, man, listen, it's time to go. It uh, is. It's time to <laughs> seize the day, seize the year, you yes, know? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, man, once again, man, I appreciate you uh, taking on the invite and then coming on here and then blessing us, dude, with so many nuggets and, and, and how-tos and um, and please 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 don't be a stranger uh, and have maybe join me later on in the year um a few more times <laughs> oh yeah uh as we could just chop it up about uh fatherhood husband uh businessman uh you know doing podcasts i mean just well, we can just sit down and really just talk about different things that we're doing and uh, continue to bounce ideas off each other uh, once again uh to all my subscribers uh, and listeners hey share this with everybody every man single mom uh they need to hear this they need to understand that there's a way there's a will uh understanding where god will be and can be if things don't don't look right uh this is a great message for everyone uh so make sure you share subscribe and uh, leave a comment if you have one uh, if you have any questions for mr ebron you can leave comments here you can email him or you can email me at uh at uh, qcrumbie number two at gmail.com and, uh, and I'll get those questions over to him if you need anything or you want him to come and speak or anything like that. And, hey, and we've had a great time and this is your boy and I am out. Peace out. <laughs>